So a bunch of you guys ain't buying my ghost story, man. What's up with that? I saw a ghost. The ghost knocked over my stuff. Get over it. It happened. I saw it. I was there. You weren't there. I was there. Ghost. Okay? Look up Lindley Street, Bridgeport, 1974. L-I-N-D-L-E-Y Street, Bridgeport, Connecticut, 74. Right where I lived, right over there. It was a big deal. The most documented case of haunting, poltergeist, whatever you want to call it. It's bound to be a Conjuring TV movie soon enough because the Warrens were there. So it's 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 huge, man. The cat talked. The refrigerator flew across the room. The chairs flipped over. All kinds of stuff were happening on Lindley Street for like weeks. They blocked off the street. They used to have parties. It was a whole big deal when I was growing up. What was going on down the road at Lindley Street? Ghosts. That's what what was going on. Like grandpa or whatever was this like Eskimo shaman from Canada. And he had like a granddaughter who got adopted in the U.S. And so he haunted him. That's what happened. Norbert up at Sheep Creek. They all seen it. They all know what's going on. So don't be telling me there ain't no ghosts. Don't be telling me there ain't no UFOs. We ain't the only one out there. It's like space. There's millions of it. Okay? It's just distance. Distance is the only limitation. But that doesn't mean they can't hop in something or they haven't figured out some wormholey thing and they aren't folding space on each other or they didn't get in a ship like Independence Day and the whole world kind of moves with them and then they can cruise through. The Anunnaki, all those things, they were here before us. I mean, there's stuff out there built we can't explain. Hello. You got things all over the world drawing pictures on cave walls that look identical of dudes in spaceships. And, you know, anyway, ghosts, they're real. Wait till Halloween comes. I'm going to give you guys all a bunch of stuff on ghosts. Just happened a little sooner than I expected. I wasn't planning on talking to ghost stories until, like, September. But since it happened to me in June, I brought it up a little earlier. You're listening, Frank, at the Everyday Sniper. And I'm catching up back home in front of the computer, doing all kinds of work, getting the emails and stuff. One thing that I did do today, pretty awesome, I got the Vectronix app for the Terrapin X. Did a firmware upgrade to it, a bunch of other stuff going on. What it does add is the multi-target feature. So now, and I haven't tried it, but they told me it's there. I only played with one couple. Being living in the city, I only have so much range. Like if I walk out into the road, I can get like 260 yards. I put, made a post on Instagram because there's a share feature to it. It's pretty cool. You can set the Terrapin on a tripod. You can walk away with your phone and your app and you could fire it and it'll gather all the data that you need. Then it has a share button. And in the share button, you can take a picture of what you just lazed, and then it'll overlay the range and everything on it, and then share it, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the case may be. So I installed it. I did the firmware update. Little fun fact I didn't know, with the firmware update in the app, you get to see everything. So you can check out what's going on. And I have serial number two. Serial number two. How cool is that? That's pretty darn cool. 
But anyway, connects right up, finds it right away. You don't have to do anything to the Terrapin, though I did set it to app, um, and I confirmed it. But then in the phone, it looks for it, it finds it, it saves it, it registers it. I registered the app, I saved it, I registered the device, so it instant connects through the app. You can do all kinds of different measurements. You can change the settings. You can go over what you want to do so you don't have to go through the button push. We had a big discussion about that um, uh, in at Sniper Side today. A lot of discussions. I was in Sniper Side getting caught up with my emails. I only got like 60 left to go through out of like 400 and something. And, and so uh, we were talking about the Terrapin and some of the things that it was doing. So I went through and, and, and tried a few things. Nothing great. But definitely, you know, guys are asking me, okay, the original one or this one? Well, I tend to think the original one is a little bit better ranging at ELR distances. And I brought this up already. But this one within our 2,000 meter and in range works really, really, really well. It has all these neat features they're adding features to it. Like now the Kestrel works with multiple targets. Before you only can have like A, you know, Kestrel has target zone A, B, C, D, and that would help do your range card, right? Well, what happens is this didn't add to that. It only worked with A. So now you can do the more so you can create a target card with it. So that's going to be the next thing that I try out and that I check and then there's just some other random kind of same old bullshit questions going on Sniper's Hide. People wondering why, you know, one rifle doesn't do everything for the world. You would think if there was one rifle that successfully executed everything perfectly from 338 to 6 millimeter, we'd all be shooting it. Instead, there seems to be the big one. And then a little one with small firing pin. And the fact the big one uses the same firing pin for everything. Hmm. Is there a risk it might crater? Or pierce a primer in some of those high pressure calibers? There is a risk it might do that. But, you know, what? what whatever. I mean, if, if that's your gig and you want to get one rifle to replace all your rifles and do everything... But then, you know, if it doesn't work, don't go pointing the finger at Frank because he said, gee, guys, you know, maybe there's a reason they made a short action. Sorry, guys, phone call ran, so I have to kind of kill my train of thought. Um, talking all stuff, I got uh, the hardy barrels, the carbon fibers, they're working them out of Texas, getting them bedded in, uh, in with a Curtis action and just talking to Alex on the phone. And Alex, a listener, hey, how you doing? So anyway, I'm not going to get into that whole thing. Whatever. You guys do what you want. I, I'm, I'm staying out of that stuff. From now on, I'm refraining from getting in the middle of shit like that. When, when people have an issue, if they, if they have a, a, a customer service issue, call the manufacturer or call where you bought it from. Don't ask Frank. That's all I'm going to say about that thing. I'm just going to switch gears. Hey, Gary Larson, man. I dig those things you're doing. They're funny as hell. I'm going to the Guardian Long Range match. If you don't know who Gary Larson is, go and look up Guardian Long Range. He just posted a Vimeo video on his story. Uh, Gary's got a really interesting story about being adopted, his upbringing, and now he hosts those Guardian Long Range matches, long range matches all around the country. 
Um, you know, really good stuff. And, and, and Gary does a fun thing, kind of baiting Marines versus Ranger. And it, it's like, I'm going to shoot his match, but I, I have zero expectations about like placing or doing well, just mainly because my shoulder. I went back to uh, physical therapy yesterday and finalized that. I got to get to the VA and, and fix my shoulder. The shooting's not the problem. It's kind of the movement and the carrying my rifle in my right hand. It, it really causes pain and issue in my right shoulder and then into my neck and it's it it kind of radiates down and uh, you know the first day I had to get taped up after after the first day at the sniper side team challenge I had to get taped I was in physical frigging pain the first day after the team challenge and then I went back and had them use the KT tape on me and basically what they have to do is they have to pull the KT tape down my neck to kind of replace that broken levator then they got to take my shoulder and kind of bring it into the center and back towards my neck to keep it from causing because the pain radiates in like my rotator cuff and my my shoulder um, in, in that area. And so I think in a PRS match with the amount of movement that they have, it's going to dog me. But damn straight, I'm going to go there and shoot it. I'm going to support Gary and what he's doing. I, I like everything he does. So get in on that. They're, they're all over the country. He has like four or five of them now. Um, so, that you know, definitely uh, get a hold of him. The, the the little baiting back and forth and punk thing, I just laugh. I think it's, I think it's funny. He's trying to get the rock stars that are coming, you know, because John McQuay will be there, 8541 Tactical. I don't know if the Gillilands or what, who's coming to the Tennessee match. I didn't even really look at the list. Um, he, you know... So it's a case of he's like, hey, this guy versus that guy, Marines versus Army, who's going to win? What's going on? It's like, well, John McQuay's wife, Sarah, can take my spot in that kind of side bet competition. You know, if we get a stage or two, we want to kind of do a little bit of side bet on. That's cool. But it just can't be one of those damn, you know, blow my shoulder up, have to carry and run and gun too crazy Cause it's just it's not working, man. It's it's it hurts to lift shit and and go over. And I, I kind of couldn't wait to get met. In fact, my physical therapy was supposed to have been today, and I went yesterday because I texted her. I was kind of like, um, is my appointment today or tomorrow? And she's like, well, it's tomorrow, but I have a slot open today. And I'm like, yes, please. Because even coming back from Alaska, I'm actually all taped up right now, but. Gary Larson's got a good thing. And then I talked to Kalen as well. Uh, Gunworks, Kalen, or whoever. I don't know the exact, but Cody's got a match up there in Coding, Wyoming. So if you guys are listening and you're local to Cody, uh, July, there's a match that has slots open uh, that Kalen is the match director on. And that should be a good time to get his perspective on a match. It is a PRS points match, which is a little weird that I'm actually saying something about it. They should be saying something about it, but they're not. Go figure. I asked them, I said, hey, aren't they promoting you? And they're, no, are they supposed to? I'm like, well, yeah, that's what you're paying for. But uh, anyway, um, there's a PRS event up in Coding, Cody, uh, Wyoming. Kalen and those guys, definitely something worthwhile to look at. Uh, if you want, get a hold of them. Uh, Gunworks and those guys, uh, heck, there'll be some Revic stuff and some different things. One of the other thing, I got to get a hold of Glenn, man. Um, talking with everybody in Alaska, I got to jump on that 6.5 PRC. I mentioned it with Glenn Seekins. I mentioned it 
uh, with Mike and everything that I want to put a PRC together. But the Alaska guys, because, you know, modernizing, kind of bringing things up. And you see them with the hunting rifles, with the 300 wind mags, the 7 mags, all that kind of stuff. They can go into that PRC and really take care of the best of both worlds. Factory ammo, Hornaday, good stuff. 6.5 bullet, fat, or fast, flat, accurate with a PRC. Um, then if you reload your own, you know, it's tailor-made for that 147 to really push that thing. I would bet with the 6.5 PRC, you guys can slay anything you wanted up there in Alaska, um, you know, all the way down the line. And, and I wouldn't doubt uh, it would go with bear and everything. I don't know the terminal en energies off the top of my head, but I'm guessing the PRC was meant for that as well because it, it is a crossover hunting round. And, you know, that was what George, kind of a bit of George's passion, the hunting side and the competition side. So he married both worlds with that PRC. And then Hornaday put it together. Bada boom, bada bang, you're there. So if you guys looking for something that kind of falls in that keep me in the 6.5 world, but I, I want to shoot a dinosaur, that's where your 6.5 PRC comes in. So not, not a bad idea for some of you guys. Also, uh, letting you know, I did talk to Mike. Uh, we're going to get together and we're going to do the podcast. I'm going to do a block with him. I'm going to drive up there and see him. We've had some wicked hail. I haven't. Um, my house has been in a hole, which, knock on wood, thank God, because last year the house got pounded. Uh, had to replace the roof and do the whole thing. But they're getting pounded with hail for the last two days up in that, um, you know, uh, uh, Firestone, Fort Lupton, Brighton areas just getting hammered with hail. Golf ball, golf ball. I'm not speaking well today. Uh, still kind of uh, golf ball size hail up there versus what we usually see with the peace gravel size. Um, so those guys are getting hammered with some hail. So this, the 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 weather's a little crazy. We definitely can use the rain. I appreciate the rain coming, but man, you guys can keep that hail. But um, Mike's got some really good topics that we're going to talk about. We are going to do an interactive podcast with you guys, so you're going to play along. We're going to spring that on you. So when we tell you to go out and break out this or break out that, we're going to walk you through. We're going to do all that kind of stuff. Basically, we're going to give you sort of hands-on instruction through the podcast, you know, and, and, and I think that's going to really help some of you guys with some of the things we're talking about. We're going to be able to put it in front of you and let you look at it and say, hey man, this is what you got to do. Here, now hit this button. Now go over to this. Now go to this, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, definitely have, if you're listening to the podcast, you're definitely going to want to get some of your apps and things available. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk you through it. Although nice, just got an email, just walked in from uh, one of my buddies over at OSS. They got some suppressors they want me to review. So if you're interested in those OSSs, they they, they just sent an email. There's going to be like three of them or something um, that they're going to be playing with. Uh, man, that that's looking pretty damn cool. I'm going to respond to them in a minute and um, do some OSS stuff because there's some really good shit happening right there. Uh, I should, There was one uh, beef, not beef. Yes, beef. Beef in the Alaska Precision Rifle class had an OSS on his uh, semi-auto. And they sound nice, man. I know Adam uses one. 
He's got it on like a Tavor or something. But uh, yeah, man, now that they're not like the first time I, I was familiar with OSS, they went back over the barrel and they were kind of dedicated almost like that um, that HK they did. The suppressor was dedicated to that rifle. Now they've gone forward with the kind of direct mounts and the brakes and the different things. So you can swap it like many of the others. So, you know, you can get the benefit of that design without having to dedicate it to a specific rifle. And, you know, that was kind of the game they were going to look at in the beginning where they wanted it to be, you know, serialized to a rifle for the military, etc. And that's where HK went with the 308 variant. I think it was a 308 that they did making their their kind of like, you know, their suppressed, um, dedicated suppressed. Where with these new models... They're, they're, you could switch them from rifle to rifle, which is awesome. Because I, I like it. I think it's a neat, interesting design. I think it's got some really good stuff. I have shot them. They, they work as advertised. There's no, no kind of BS in that. So, hey, moving on to the next level with the OSS. So we'll be reviewing that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I just appreciate the feedback. Everybody's saying thanks. I do want some more comments on the Podbean app. You guys uh, haven't given me any comments lately unless my app's just not updating. So if you have commented on Podbean and I haven't said anything, it seems like it's stuck in a we haven't moved zone because I do see people on with some of the other things, um, the Facebook, and they're on the Sniper's Hide. I'm going to pop a pause a second and go into Sniper's Hide and read some of your uh, user emails and answer some of the questions on the podcast because I have a bunch. So give me a sec. Okay, so the first question here is about uh, buying a suppressor, which is good. I'm just looking at the OSS suppressor. So this guy, Smith, is asking about why not a trust. Well, the trust now, everybody assigned to the trust has to be fingerprinted and photographed. So if you put your wife and kids on... Oh, what are you doing, Fuzz? Knocking stuff down. If you put your wife and kids on the trust, they have to come in and get fingerprinted and done that. So it becomes a case of where unless you're going to hand it down to your family, then you do the trust. That way they don't have to go through a process if you pass away. But it's easier to do an individual one than it is a trust anymore because all the people listed in the trust have to come in and get fingerprinted and have to come and get their photograph done. And they all get the background check done on them where the individual just becomes the individual. So that's why we were saying the individual in the individual application was sort of preferred now because there's no longer a loophole for suppressors uh, if you do a company, corporation, or trust. In the back in the day, you can skip the sheriff. Well, now you skip the sheriff no matter what. So it just becomes a case of it's actually more paperwork to do the trust. Now, the benefit of the trust is then everybody in the family gets it. It becomes no issue if you pass on. You can give it to your kids and they can do all that stuff. And it legalizes the family to use it too, even if you're not there or you're gone. But process-wise, you have to make sure your trust paperwork is right. You have to keep it up to date. You have to maintain all that stuff. And then everybody associated to the trust, when you get a new can, you got to march them all in to get their stuff done. So that's why we we're saying that it's easier to do an individual in a lot of ways if it's just you or whatever the case may be. 
All right, Strikeout has a thing here. He's asking three questions, and one of them we actually just went through with Mark up in Alaska shooting his 6547. Uh, he asked about tuning a magazine. Now, like with the Tika stuff and the problems I had, I took it apart, and I'm bending that spring to keep the nose up, but then I ended up just dumping it. What happens is those feed lips and the metal mags can get bent uh, they can get deformed and you have to actually measure them and you'd want to get a fresh magazine and look at it and measure them off with calipers versus a new magazine. I think Mark did um, 50 thousandths in each direction for the 6547 to run in his uh, with this one particular mag. He had one mag that worked really well. He had one mag that was Cerakoted that w was uh, following up a little bit. He made a 50 thousandths change to the feed lips of the mag, bending them, you know, out a little bit and, and opening them up so that the round will come through. I would get the calipers. I'd be really careful. A little goes a long way. Uh, then he's asking about timing a break. I just eyeball it. I mean, you could put your, your rifle in a vise, okay, and you can level it on the rail and get that leveled up, and then I would make an index witness mark on the barrel and level that, make sure that your witness mark is where you want it. And some brakes have a flat, some of them don't, but you're really looking at and visualizing it. So you want to find top dead center of your brake and try to line it up to your witness mark. And then with these hand time brakes, one thing I will notice is in the class, we had a guy with a 28 nozzler, his brake came loose uh, more than once, and you really want to wrench those hand tights on with the uh, magnums this was also noticed at the uh, pacific northwest elr event uh eric up there had sent me a note that said he saw several of the self-timed brakes uh come loose and that's with that recoil and that magnum when we hand tight them you you really want to kind of put a little bit of, uh, of butt on them we're spoiled by these brakes but at the same time that you know we're used to rock set and lock tighting, whatever have you. I still think that might be a bad idea to, you know, even if you do the weaker lock set, uh, lock tight, lock set, rock set, rock tight. I'm just tripping all over my tongue today. But, you know, that's one of those things where you still might want something to kind of gum it up a little bit. So that way there it doesn't come loose under recoil. You get those big magnums blowing through those chambers and the self-time brakes they have and will come loose. We've seen it. We've heard about it. It's happening. If you don't put a wrench on it, at least put some a little bit of blue on there, uh, even a light amount, just so it, it kind of keeps it held. It. And then he's asking about polarized eyewear and whether it helps. I will say with polarized eyewear, if I'm using something like the Vectronics and those things, those LED reticles disappear with those polarized lenses. You can't see it. So you'll sit there with your binoculars or your laser rangefinder and you're tapping the button and you don't see nothing happening. Your polarized sunglasses are getting in the way. So I don't see them as a help uh, as much as a hindrance. I used to have a whole bunch of polarized and not anymore. Uh, I'm just going with the planes in my Oakley. So hope that helps you there. Somebody's asking, uh, I think it's Stephen Fell. He's asking, what triggers are all the guys running in their RPRs up in Alaska a lot of Timneys, and then factory Ruger, man, for sure. A lot of guys have the Ruger, but um, the upgrade that they do up in Alaska, what Mark recommends, he does the Seekins handguard on a Ruger RPR. He does the Magpul PRS, 
And if you're a shorter guy, do a Gen 2, not a Gen 3. The Gen 3s are too long for us. And then Timney Triggers. And after that, it's the Elite Iron Revolution Bipod. So if you guys are um, looking at what they're upgrading the um, RPRs to, that's it. Then Barrels, you know, there's Proof. There's uh, Patriot Valley, uh, LRI, and different ones like that for the Rugers. There's a bunch of Ruger barrels now. I don't recommend updating your Ruger barrel until you put at least 2,000 rounds through it. You bought a Ruger barrel, put 2,000 rounds before you update. Get a little bit out of it and, and go that route. Um, you don't have to be like Frank and, and immediately toss the barrel to the side. So they're doing that. Um, then we had a whole big discussion about my mousing field. Yeah, I need to take the Cerakote off the lugs. It just It's too stiff. It shoots fine. It's accurate, but it pulls the rifle over because it's too stiff. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, the, you know, uh, then the Able Table you guys got. That Able Table is awesome. I got to go in and get a bunch of stuff for it, the, um, the, the uh, really right stuff things. So there's that. Also, I just noticed... Okay, I was looking through under range report and exterior ballistics. Somebody posted wind studies and it's up in the top right now. They have some of those PDFs for firefighters and different things on wind. Graphic illustrations on wind in the in the effects of wind, the results of wind, what's going on, how wind pushes things around, how it moves with terrain and obstacles. PDFs Posted on Sniper's Hide to study the wind. Wind studies, man. Um, you know, we were talking with Mike, and Mike's going to talk to you. He's, he's been crunching some numbers trying to make an easy answer for wind. How do I make the wind simpler for people? Guys, here is the easiest answer for the wind. This will give you your baseline wind. It will work. It will help. It is why Frank still advocates a G1BC. Look up the G1BC of your rifle. Then take that first number and that becomes your miles per hour baseline. So if you have a 0.5 BC, like my 130 primes, 0.583. So it's a little bit trending near 6, but let's go with 0.5. Okay, 0.5 means a five mile an hour is a baseline. At 100 yards, it's 0.1. At 200, it's 0.2. At 300, it's 0.3. At 400, it's 0.4. At 500, it's 0.5 mil. No math, no muss, no fuss. That's your baseline. And then use that to extrapolate your numbers going beyond. But Mike's been talking to a lot of guys, a lot of the competition shooters, asking them what their method is of wind. And I'm going to let Mike talk about it. But most don't have a method. Most are, because they're shooting wind cheaters, edge hold. Hold edge of plate, call it good, see what it does, and start adjusting from that first, you know, series. But this will give you a number. Use the first number in your G1BC. It goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Around 7 it might change and it'll skip a, a tenth. And then it'll go 8, 9 from there. So it, it'll bounce up. So look at that. 
that's what these charts are for. I have it. I put it in my presentation in my class. It's up there. The BC method. One, two, three, four, five. It works. It'll definitely get you started. Our targets aren't too small for it. And it'll help you adjust and finesse and create a baseline for your beat for your win call without having to do math. Okay, so there's that. So that's definitely something really good win stuff. Range report in exterior ballistics and sniper's hide form under the advanced marksmanship section. Really good stuff there. Uh, thanks to these guys for posting these. I have one that I use that's from Smoke Jumpers. Fantastic stuff. But, um, man, it's all good stuff. You guys uh, can definitely learn a lot. I invite you. Go troll around Sniper's Hide Forum. Go look. You don't have to register. You don't have to do any. Just go and look at some of the headlines. Go and look at what some of the people are doing. Go and see what, what's happening. And you'll 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 see what kind of value you can pull out of there. I used to tell people 10% was good. It's a lot higher than 10% now. We've gotten a lot smarter. We don't suffer fools. I mean, that's my downfalling. I call a spade a spade. I, you know, it is what it is. And, and I, I call it like I see it. You know what I mean? And if that pisses you off, if that means you want to talk to Mike and not Frank, if that means, you know, hey, you got to see it from somebody else because you don't want to see it from me, fine. No big deal. But it's out there. The information you guys are looking for are is on Sniper's Hide. It's there. It's readily available. All this wind stuff, the load data. We got the reloading depot. Hundreds of reloading data. All kinds of stuff. Every caliber you can think of. Just at the top. 300 wind mag, 300 short mag. 224 Valkyrie, 308, 338 Lapua. 6547 Lapua, 300 Norma, Subsonics, all calibers, 7 Rem Mag, 7 Wisdom, 708. There's six pages of those. 647, 65 Creedmoor. There's 18 pages of 65 Creedmoor loads. 18 pages. 6 millimeter Dasher, 243 Ackley Improved. There's three pages of Dasher. There's 65 Super LR, 260 improved, 223, seven pages of 223 loads, 65 Grendel. It's all there. Reloading Depot. And you can go through and you'll find I use it all the time, to be perfectly honest. I'll read through. Okay, I gotta load up a 224 Valkyrie. I'll read through what everybody's doing. I'll find the common thread. I'll use my safe, secure practices, but I'll find the common themes, right? I'll find some of the velocity nodes I'm looking for. I'll find the seating depth I might want to start with. And then I go from there. And it gives me a good jump off point for reloading. You guys had a great time with Adam and Mike talking reloading. And, you know, this info is here. All kinds of stuff. You know, in this this 300 win mag... There's like 426 posts. In the Valkyrie alone, we got 133. In the 308, there's a thousand of them. 338, you know, there's a bunch there. There's all kinds. You'll find it. And, and it, 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 there's flatline loads. There's this load. There's that load. 6XC loads. You, you, and it's pages and pages of it. 
it's a great starting point. It'll help you if you don't have a a place to go. You know what I'm saying? So think about that if you're looking for it. Use the resources available, not just what I'm saying. Go, I'm getting a lot of it from right over here. So it's something you can do and, um, you know, it, it, it's really easy. You don't have to register. We don't block it from you. If you want to interact with people, you have to register. But just reading it and gleaning information, you don't even have to register, man. You could just go on, pick it up, and look at it. All good stuff, man. And, and, and you know, numbers are strong. It, it, it's definitely some movement going on. It's not like, uh, what do you call it? It, it? It's not like it's you have to wait three days for a response. Guys will respond to you in three minutes, you know, half hour. They'll respond to you in, in short order. So uh, pop over and check it out. Uh, I'm back in posting some stuff out. Training classes, competitions, all that stuff is there. We got the online training, 15 bucks a month. You register, you go to the top of the forum, upgrade, upgrade to online training. Goes through PayPal. That's the only feature you have to just because the way our software works. $15 a month. That is less than one box of ammo. Okay? Less than one box of ammo. There is no way you're finding 308 ammo worth of damn for $15. Doesn't happen. You can get that. There's 10-minute videos on all these topics that we talk about. And you can go pick up some, some nuggets. You know what I mean? All the same thing I talk about, I write as well. And it's in there. It's in writing form. It's in video form. It's from other people, their experiences, things like that. So pop over to the hide, take a look. And I'm going to get going because my voice is shot and I'm not thinking, well, I got a tomahawk steak for Father's Day. I'm going to cook up me a tomahawk steak today. So it's actually getting about that time. I'm going to go get it ready. I'm going to go prep everything. I'm going tomahawk steak tonight. Little mashed taters little mushroom and onion, bam, I'm going to be there. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for popping over to the hide. Thanks for giving Mike a call. He appreciates it. He said so. I know so. And thanks for your questions, comments, questions, concerns. Ghosts are real. Aliens are real. Bigfoot, uh, well, maybe. Loch Ness, that was there. He's there, but he's dead now. Loch Ness died. Um, there just, that wasn't another one. You know how it goes, guys. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye.